0: Come on, Brother John. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. To share God's word since uh, 2001, and for some reason, this is the first time the Lord has given me a message from Revelation. Okay. So let's go. And uh, before we get started, I want to read a little opening because uh, I heard a preacher say one time. The reason he, 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 he was the same like me, he said, "I'm going to be He said he really doesn't share from Revelation because the best way. Because Revelation is really all about Bible prophecy and events will come. And it will take place and it will come. So but he said the best way to understand Bible prophecy is wait for it to happen. And there's a lot of figurative language in Revelation. And the words that the Lord led me to is one of those. I want you to raise your hand if you think the word amen has any other, we use it at just the end of our prayer. Because we know that it means so, so be it. That's really, when we say amen at the end of prayer, what we're really saying is so be it. And just a little information about amen. It's one of the few words, amen and hallelujah, is the same in every language in the world. It's a universal word. But we're going to see it here, and some of you probably know we're going to be in Revelation chapter 3. But I want to read, before we stand and get to the word, I want to read this opening. It is important to note that while this is written directly to the church of the Laodiceans, It applies to us as well. I say this because the Bible states in Acts chapter 10, verse 34, that God is no respecter of persons. You know, that's the end statement of it. We all know that if you've been in church any amount of time. You know, so what that basically means, what God, what if God's word applies to one, it applies to anyone else in the same situation. So this applies to anyone that is lukewarm, some of you already figured out this description when I said lay of sin. you are either lukewarm, hot, or cold. And this was not just the lay of the sin church. This is so indicative of the church today. And remember, this is clearly addressed, and we'll see in the word, not my opinion, the word that is clearly addressed to the church of the lay of sin. So, he's talking to church folks, not lost folks, Nothing about this applies to worldly people. The worldly people are supposed to be cold and are lukewarm or hot towards something else. And that's the bulk of this message today. And I'm not going to go into the history of what, because as I said, this is figurative language. But what this verse, these three verses we're going to read in Revelation, what is talking of how close you are to your source, determined, and that source being Jesus Christ. He's the only one that will make it. Even, even if you go through the 12-step program, alcohol denial, every, even psychology, psychological uh, rehab program, you've got to have some higher power to look through. Because we know the only true higher power, as I mentioned, it's either God and Jesus or Satan. Because the Bible is plain Satan is the God of this world. That's, right. that's not my opinion, that's God's word. Otherwise, Satan is in charge of this world. And as Sister Jan said, and I've always said it, really ruffled people's feathers, if you're not serving God, you're serving Satan. And people want to worship Satan. There's a difference. You're playing right in his hand when you're not serving God. But once again, this is not about Satan. This is not about being lost. None of these verses today apply to anyone except church people. And you have to have a spiritual urge to understand this. Because in the natural order of things, and I'll probably repeat this statement again, when you're heating something up, it starts out cold, then it becomes lukewarm, then it becomes hot. Or if you're cooling something, it starts out hot, becomes lukewarm, becomes cold. That's kind of how it works in the spiritual realm. You, when we get saved, we've all heard the expression, they're on fire for the Lord. And I'd and I, I like to say I'm as, and I am when it comes to the Word, I'm as Excited about the word today as I was the day I got saved and the day I preached my first message. And because the thing is, my source is not Leon Chisbro or Jan Bailey or Jimmy Swagger or any other preacher. My source is not any church. My source, what sustains me, is Jesus Christ, my personal relationship with Him, and how much I allow the Holy Spirit to have that's what determines whether you're cold. And, and now this is not about salvation. Now eventually, as we're going to read, if you stay lukewarm long enough, you're going to be lost. And when you depart this earth, you're going to spend eternity in hell. Yes. But remember again, we're, this is in the, the words are in red. So it's Christ. It's Jesus speaking. He's addressing church people. So you can be cold. You're still saved. You can be lukewarm, you're still safe. And of course, if you're hot, and we're going to look at the definition of these words. I'm sure many of you never have. We think of the natural hot as just hot, cold as just cold. Well, we're going to look at the definition of what these words really mean. So if you would stand for reading God's Word, we're going to be in Revelation chapter 3, easy to find, last book. Starting at verse 14, reading through 16. And the Word of God in the King James Version says, and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy word, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that you were, and that just means word, cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Help me pray. Most gracious, heavenly Father, we just love you and praise you. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to your, Lord, your Lord, word. I thank you for each person that made the effort to come out and hear your word. Now, Lord, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross and you let not me be seen, let not my words be seen. But, Lord, if anything I say is truly inspired by your word, let it land upon a receiving heart. And Lord, let this word do what it is intended to do. If it hurts, I ask that you. If it encourages, I ask you to drink from that encouragement. And Lord, just truly have your way in this service. I love you and praise you and give you all glory. And the church said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. And once again, this is the first time I've ever taught or preached in the word Revelation. i read it and I've studied it myself. It's not that I'm afraid of it. Some people say they're afraid of Revelation. Once again, because it's figurative. But it's interesting. Unto the angel of the church of Lay of sin. that word angel just simply means what we think of as an angel the messenger, but here it specifically refers to a pastor. He, this letter is being written to the pastor of the church of Lay of Sin. These things saith the Amen. The word Amen means trustworthy, truly, or truth in this context, and as we see it being in red, clearly speaks of Jesus. You can replace the word Amen with Jesus to be active. Because this is Jesus' message to the church. And I love how it goes on, the faithful and true, it, it defines it right there. But, but the reason I'm pointing out the meaning of this word, we are so shallow in our understanding of the word. Because the, the, the English language is so much, to me, inferior to the Greek. The Greek has so many different words. And that phrase, amen, that's again, We've got to have it. We use it to end our prayer. Or in agreement with somebody. Because even lost people will say amen. We're thinking about it. When we hear a good preacher, we're going to say amen. Because basically what we mean, once again, is when we say amen, keep in mind, you're saying so be it. You're agreeing with it when you say amen. So if you hear the preacher say something, you say amen. What you're saying is, I agree, preacher. And I hear Worldly people use the same word. They know what the context is, but but we've got to understand who it's being addressed to. If not, it was written to the church lay of the And I have heard some theologians say that this is really not. Even though there was a church there, there was an actual church, but it really is addressing church agents. But since God says clearly, as I quoted. The, alluded to earlier, God has no respect for persons. So if it applies to the church of Laodicea, it applies us. to why else? Because so you know, this word is thousands of years old. And this book that we hold so dearly, and it is our uh, holy word, has been thought out to be destroyed more than any book in history. And think about something that's over. It. So they estimate they the book of Job is 6,000 years old. Shakespeare now would probably be written 6,000. Some maybe seven most of his work is lost. Most of the great offers that we had to study in school, most of their work has been lost. But this word has been preserved because of it. So, if God saw fit to preserve this word, we need to pay attention to it. But so many of us, as I love to say, we we, we practice buffet Christianity. We we like to pick up. No one goes to a buffet and just eats everything on the buffet. We pick out what we like and go back to what we really like. And we do the same thing with the word. Well, oh, I like that word. So I'm going to hold on to that. In fact, a little history lesson. Thomas Jefferson, one of our founding fathers, he actually went in in a, a Bible. because I, I can't, there's a phrase for it, but he didn't really believe in Bible Bible. So he went through and actually engraved all the Bible prophecy, unless they refer directly to Jesus. Well, he scribbled his Bible out. How many of us today we may not physically do the same thing, but we do in our practice of the Word. Well, I just don't, I just don't see it that way. If that wasn't the case, why do we have so many different denominations? Well, as I like to say, 15 flavors of Pentecost. And nothing against these churches and the people of these churches. But clearly, because we're going to well, the bulk of my message is how close you are to your source. How close are you truly to Jesus Christ and the teachings of this Bible? If there wasn't so many different views, once again, now they're, they're down over. But I'm not going to say we're because this church is very close. I mean, but there's a, a, a black radio in Newport. At one time, there was three Pentecostal churches on one block. Three different Pentecostal churches. Three different Pentecostal denominations. They all three had a a major argument over something. That's where they split. I don't see it that way, but I'm going to take my group and we're going over somewhere else. And that's what this is addressing. When you're high, when you're high, you're not high for what your denomination puts out. You're not high for how your preacher or Sunday school teacher. You're on fire for this. When you are truly close to the Lord, this is what you want to hear. This is what you're going to read. You're going to, when you hear something you don't agree with, you're not going to get mad and get you, no, I can't say it that way. You're not going to get mad and throw your little tantrum and get up and leave. You're going to get, you might, but you're going to pick this word up and see if it's true. Ladies and gentlemen, I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea. See, I didn't grow up in the church. I grew up in the street. And, and y'all don't even want to know how I grew up. But before I was saved, I read this through and through. And Sister Dan, no, no one told me about the word once again, I don't, know if you don't take this person. No, I told them, because I can't think of one member of my family that went to church that I knew about God. Because we are created in His image. And inside of you, because what's it saying, sign, my favorite Psalm, Psalm 51, it says, create me a new heart. Restore a right spirit. I think it's Psalm 51. No, it's creating me. But anyway, think about it. This body is not. And the reason we drift from the Lord, and I'm not getting ahead of myself. This is not where I intended to go, but it's going to play here in here. The reason we drift and become lukewarm is we forget that we're not created to be Pentecostal or Baptist or Presbyterian or any other. We're created to be Christ-like. Amen. Christ went to that call and suffered and died so we can be recreated yeah. in the image of His Father, because that's the only way we can get to Him. Yeah. But once again, you can be a, a stone cold church pew sitter and still make heaven. And that's just God's desire, what God suffered for, is us to stay hot. And when I get here in a minute and show you what the word that what word hot means, it's not heat. It means that you're constantly you 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 have a a, a overwhelming burning desire for God's word and, and what God does for you. And you do what you can to keep that fire burning. The Lady and gentlemen, yes, most of y'all know me. No, I have not been in church. I'm not going somewhere else. I have not been in church the last few weeks. But that did not mean I drifted from the Lord. As I said, I still have just as much love for the Lord as I did the day I got off my knees in 1999. Because that's something. I knew something happened. There was no question. And and no matter what went on in my life, no matter what tragedy I faced, it's been that relationship with the Lord that I held on to that kept me going. Because ladies and gentlemen, you don't really have a strong witness to the outside people. And trust me, people that know you're Christian, they're looking. They don't care how you react to everything's good, when the bank account's full, when the health is fine, when the job's going good, when your kids are all doing right. It's easy to be happy. It's easy to, to walk with your head up. But when the loved ones die, when the job plays out, when the, when the kids go to jail or get strung out, how you react then shows how close you are to your source. So, with that being said, in verse 15, I know I worked. He does. Trust me. We think we're fooling people. We're not fooling Jesus. And you know what's sad? We're not even really fooling ourselves. Why do you think you, especially if you've been in church, here's how you can tell if church is your source. Something happens. And you can't go to church. You know, I'm talking about if you really, when you really have the desire to go, you're sick and can't go to church. How miserable you are determines whether or not church is your source. Because think about it. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not going to downplay the importance of church at all. I'm not saying that. But if Jesus Christ and the Holy indwelling of the Holy Spirit is truly your source, yes, you're going to miss being in church, but you're not going to be miserable because it's. Do we only experience Jesus when we come to church? Do we only have access to the throne room of God when we come to church? Or is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit with us always? Yes. Whether we're, wherever we are. That's how you determine what your source is. Yeah. How you react when adversity is. Yeah. And that's what draws people to you. Yeah. Think about what did Jesus say? When I perform miracles, let people see that, and will draw all men to me. No, he said, when i be lifted up. Yeah. Otherwise, when he, the most, and, and science has proven, crucifixion on the cross is the most cruel death ever created. Because everyone knows, when your feet hurt, everything hurts. And when those nails went through his feet, they pierced nerves, and that's the most painful death. It said, when I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Otherwise, when I suffer, and I die, and men see me still. What? The, the, the Roman guard. When he's standing out and looking up. And, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know what I'm to do. Surely this must be the Son of God. When you can forgive the ones that are tormenting you, that's what people notice. Amen. And the word, once again, let me read this again. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that ye were hot or cold. The word lukewarm, I'm skipping heaven, this is the really old villain. This is the fair Bible dictionary version of. It. Lukewarm is a condition of the soul wretchedly fluctuating between a tutor and a fervor of love. Otherwise, someone who wants to have one foot in the world and one foot in the church, they claim to love the Lord, but they live like the world. That's your lukewarm person. Remember, once again, this is being addressed to the church. And the church is full of lukewarm Christians. And and it's getting easier and easier to be lukewarm because it's so acceptable. Look at what the church is accepting today. The church, I'm sorry, is no longer lining up with this word. It's lining up with what their members want. We have homosexual ministers. I am, and this is going to shock some. I have no problem with homosexuality. I have a granddaughter that's homosexual. Love her just as much as the, when I thought she, when I knew she wasn't. But she knows where I stand. But when someone steps to this pulpit, and every one of us know a path that is filled. Not after leaving the church, from the altar. I don't see how a man can stand at this holy place knowing their sin in his life. Is that a hot? Is that that not even lukewarm? And, And I say that to say this. But the, the danger of becoming lukewarm is because of the culture we live in and, and, and everything is so acceptable, you think you're all right. You know, I've always had the... And you, y'all are, most of you know me. And I've said it many times. Christianity is the only major religion, and we know it's not a religion, it's a relationship, but for this context, it's the only religion that you can fool yourself. There are people... There are people just pastoring and preaching the gospel today that really are not saved. And, and I've always thought why not, and of course I am my father, I'm going to drop this name and I've never heard a major, which I don't watch a lot of Christian television. But I heard Jimmy Swaggart say the other day, it just breaks his heart to think of a million that are in church today and think they're living for the Lord, but aren't even saved. And the reason is, and I'm glad we're not a judgmental disciple. At one time, the church was so judgmental, it drove people away. Right. Sister Sue knows exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you others do. So the danger of lukewarmness, and we allow ourselves to become lukewarm, it's a hundred percent. Because we get our focus off of the Word. We get our focus. And even more important than that, and this is going to make some of y'all mad, some of us are so bent on this, and reading this, we don't even allow the Holy Spirit to do anything in our life. Yes, this Word is Spirit. This Word is truth. But I have once heard someone say, the longest distance in the universe is between here and here. You can read it all day long. If it just stays up here, yes, the to see the maybe. But how many have forgotten? <coughs> Heard something they wanted to keep? But once to get down here, you're not going to forget You may not be able to recall it, but when the time comes, that works. Okay. Raise your hand. I'm going to exercise of faith. Raise your hand if you've ever needed a scripture. And just all of a sudden, it was there. Why? Because it was planted in your heart. And what did Jesus tell his disciples when they call you before ruling magistrates? Take no thought to what you'll say, but I will bring to your remembrance every word that I've said to you. That's how you can tell the Holy Spirit is not only living in you, but as well and has the freedom to do so. Like Brother Lee, I said this morning. It wasn't even serving the Lord. In the Lord spoke his heart. That scripture just with Sister Jan alluded to this morning. Yeah, the only way to Christ is. The only way to goes. But the only way to Jesus is that God draws you. That same scripture we all love to quote. God draws us to Jesus. Jesus is our means to get back. In, but think about it. No matter what state you're in, God desires to draw you back he knows, and, and, and this is the scary thing, he already knows every person that will ever accept him. So if you're tired of this world and ready for the rapture, pray for that one person to says It's my belief he will not come back. Now, I know, now, I'm just going to let that rest. I'm going to let that rest because it's going to upset people. But the word cold, it means one destitute of warm Christian faith. And a desire for holiness. Otherwise, one who wants to be in church, do all the things churches, look good, may even really be well-meaning. But they really have no desire for holiness. Their holiness and their faith is church. Church attendance. Well, and, and this is a good thing. Well, at least I'm not doing what I used to. That should be our desire every day, I hope. That I'm better tomorrow than I am today, and I have to work at it. Because unfortunately, this flesh is all too—the sin nature is all too relevant in my life. Sometimes it's all too easy for me to lose my temper and show out. And you know, I had a wonderful example that showed me that I'm—that my. Fire maybe went in a little bit. I went to Walmart the other day and I pulled in the parking place. I went down the little aisle like you're supposed to, pulled in the parking place like you're supposed to. This gay who cut across all the parking places. I hadn't speed up when there's no parking places And I got out and parked and he went. I come that close to my mouth embarrassing. The oh and brother Edward knows me when I used to go to the He's seen me. But I come that close to tell him exactly what I've given him peace in my mind that I can't afford to lose. And I realized at that moment how much this flesh still has control. I think that's why the scripture that says the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. And I don't think it's a coincidence that a few days after that, this man called me and asked me to preach. So when I'm asked to preach, I'm not asked to get into the and also, as soon as, as soon as I felt that temptation rise up, I mean, the words were literally on the tip of my tongue. I ain't so See, when stuff like that happens, if you're sincere, and I'm not saying I'm anything special, I'm not, but I try to keep it open mind. And I try to allow the Lord to correct me and acknowledge that that's what it is. But remember, being cold is you just don't have that warm Christian faith anymore. And where does faith come from? It doesn't come from reading the word. that built it, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. I know that's scriptural. But my word, my Bible tells me, and this is where I draw my faith from, it says that the Lord gives us a fresh measure of faith every morning. So if you keep yourself open to him and you keep yourself open up to the source, you're going to be able to take that word of correction. You're going to be able to catch yourself before you make a fool of yourself. Hope. The word hot is, is fervent, a fervor of mind. Now, notice, pay attention to this. The word high here literally a fervor of mind and zeal. I thought like, you have a desire to stay close to yourself. You have a desire, you want to be in God's presence. And, ladies and gentlemen, God's presence is just as sweet when you're at home or you're in your quiet place or quite possibly even more so than in church. That's been the... I'm just going to be transparent. That's more so with me right now. And this ain't confession hour, so that's all you're getting. But there are some things that verse 15, and this just totally blew my mind once again. This is not my... What I'm fixing to say right now is not my opinion. This is someone that granted respect There's a school of thought that verse 15 for... That, is referring to being lost or saved. That if you're cold in the faith, you're lost. And if you're hot, naturally, you're saved. Not the case at all. Because it says, well, let's look at 2 Peter, verse 3 and 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. but is long suffering to us, Lord, not willing that any should perish, but so that all should come to repentance. So if the Lord is not willing that any should perish, why would he say to a church, you're lukewarm, so I'm going to you out. Otherwise, you're, lu- you're being lukewarm makes me sick to my stomach. That's the bottom line few me. Nothing figurative about it. Literally saying, when you're lukewarm, and once again, this is, I guess, my opinion, but if the Lord just spew us out, that must mean He's gonna get rid of you. And if you stay lukewarm long you're gonna lose your salvation. Amen. Why? Once again, what does lukewarm mean? It means you fluctuate. You know, I heard one preacher say one time, if you straddle a fence long enough, we want to have one foot in the world, one foot in church. If you straddle a fence long enough, the fence is gonna get you straddled. Right. And all that means, if you wish you walked it long enough something's going to happen to get your attention because God desires that all come to repentance. And I think it's, it's not a coincidence that he says that he desires that all come to repentance, not all come to salvation. What is repentance? John came. He, John the Baptist. He was the forerunner and he prepared the way for Christ. What was his message? He clearly says he came with a message of repentance. When you repent, it means change your mind. What you used to want to do, you no longer want to do because you don't think about it. Repentance is not just that. Oh, I'm sorry. That's confession. So it's not a coincidence that the, the word said in Second Peter that God is long-suffering. He desires to all come to repentance because when you come to true repentance, you no longer desire the sinful thing that would condemn you to hell, and you're at a place that then the Holy Spirit can come in, truly come in and do a work in your life. So with 3 Peter in mind, Second Peter 3 and 9 in mind, how can anyone think that being cold for the Lord is being lost? <laughs> verse 15 clearly states that the Lord would have you cold or hot. Because if you're lukewarm, he's going to feed you from his mouth. To sum this up, wavering between a life of holiness, which is really a desire to live for the Lord, and a life of worldly (sighs) desires, is to many in the church here, the world today, feel as long as they come to church and do the best they can, that's enough. Is it? Once again, you can be lukewarm. You're still safe. But if you stay lukewarm, you're going to eventually turn your back on the Lord. Or at the most dangerous, I think it would be better. Now hear me out. Don't don't (laughs) shut me out when I first make this first statement. I think it would be better to turn your back on the Lord and just leave the church than to stay in the church and just be wishy-washy. Because, why do I say that? Because if you leave the Lord, the Lord, and if you are ever truly saved, the Lord's conviction is going to be so strong in your life, you're going to want to look back to him. But if you stay in the church and are wishy-washy, you can convince yourself, well, I'm okay. I'm still coming to church. I still feel the Lord's presence. You know, one of the most, to me, heart-wrenching phrases I hear people say, especially, mothers that have loved them that live the wrong way. Well, at least they've heard the word. They know right from wrong. You know, ladies and gentlemen, the more we hear the word and reject it, the closer we become to having a hardened heart. Because the word says that God will eventually turn you over a reprobate mind. And that reprobate mind is when you stay lukewarm long enough that you no longer can receive the word. And you believe I mean. Exactly. So, if you stay lukewarm long enough, and unfortunately, today's preaching and teaching encourages lukewarmness. I don't say that with any joy. And, and, and trust me. Thank you, Lord. So, just briefly. So how does one become lukewarm? They move away from their source of holiness, which is the desire to live for the Lord. i got one other verse I want to look at. And once again, this is another very misunderstood verse, and I think used out of context to approve church planning programs. Proverbs 29 and 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Once again, I... Was a member of one church. The pastor quoted that. Every time he wanted to start a new program, he quoted that verse. Yes, we should have visions. Vision does mean foreseeing and the work through prophecy. It does mean planning for the future. You should plan because Proverbs also says another place. If you plan to fail, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. That's true. We should have vision. The church, if the church doesn't have a vision to move forward. Guess what it's doing? It's standing still. Right. And I'm sorry if you stand still long enough, you're going to lose interest. Right. But we should have vision for tomorrow. And yes, the word vision, it can be foretelling the future. It can show you critical events. But what the second half of this proverb say? But he that keeps the law happy is he. The, the phrase no vision here more accurately means a lack of understanding. So what this proverb is really saying, where there is no understanding of the word and the law is the same thing. When you read the Old Testament and it says the law, it's not talking about a list of rules, you follow? It's talking about the word of God. I know we don't like to think about it, especially in our modern culture. We don't like to think, and I've heard people say, well, I wouldn't go to church. they got all these rules. You, can, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can do anything you want as long as it's pleasing the Lord. I love the fact that God gave us a free choice. You know, I've worked at places. Well, you know, and it, your way might be a better way you doing it, but I'm the boss, you're going to do it this way, and it may take ten times as long and be twice as hard. God's not like that. And I even think God has an open mind. Now, there's certain things that are thus saith the Lord. But if you are truly desiring to serve him, And you're truly seeking him about a certain way. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. The bottom line is what this is referring to. So how does, once again, how does one become lukewarm? They don't really have an understanding of the word. Just like I said, many think that what we read in uh, Revelation means if you're cold, you're dead. you're, You're lost. And it makes sense to the natural. If you're cold and don't really have a strong desire for the word, how can you be safe? That may be where you're at today. And, and once again, I, I won't even go further. I said if you stay lukewarm long enough, you're eventually going to be lost. If you really stay cold, if you, if you desire, because if you just have a lack of desire to live a life pleasing Lord, eventually, guess what? The word, once again, in another place says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So guess what? If you think you're okay, if you think, you're doing all right, and, and you're doing the best you can. Guess what? You're probably not going to do any different. I know I'm not doing the best I can in any area of my life. I want to do better. Am I always? No. But I acknowledge that to you. So once again, if you tell yourself often enough that you're doing the best you can, guess what? As a man thinking, so is he. not being lost. It is just a lack of desire to live a holy life. Which, by the way, is not impossible to do, but if you stay in church and remain this way, you will become lukewarm. Remember, Revelation 3.15 states, or I should say, Jesus stated in Revelation 3.15, I would that you were cold or hot. Being lukewarm is wavering between a life pleasing to the Lord and one pleasing to the world. And, and you know that's what, I, and I am reading my notes, but something just came to me. I don't think that's accurate. Being lukewarm is not a, a life. Living life pleasing the world, it's living life pleasing to you. But really, when you get down to it, the world doesn't care what you do. Satan sure doesn't care. He don't care that you come to church. He don't care at all. Because. As a corny saying is, sitting in church doesn't make you a Christian anymore. Sitting in a i out makes you a chicken. Now, you might smell like one, but that's a big difference. You're not going to be one. So, really, being lukewarm is really is not being sure what life you're going to be. Being hot is living a life with an understanding of God's word, as we read in Proverbs, where there's lack of vision. It would be accurate to say where well, there's a lack of understanding. And most of us, the only true understanding we have of God's Word is what we get from church. or we get from Christian radio. And I'm... Thank you, Lord. I just truly really feel it. And I don't, use, I don't make this statement lightly. But I just truly felt the Lord spoke something into my heart that I need to say. It. I don't mean defensive, I'm, gonna leave it. I'm just going to make a statement leave it with you. But Christian radio, some of, the, some of the songs we listen to, I think are deceiving people more than all the demons of hell. I have heard someone make a statement. Well, I listen to Christian radio all the time, but they go to church. And, and, and their life did not describe a life anywhere near holy. So I listened to Christian radio. That was their faith. Is it wrong? No, I, you know. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I truly really felt that for somebody that listening to Christian radio can deceive you as much as anything else. Okay, so yes, once again, being hot is living a life of understanding of God's word. Which will lead to a life pleasing to the Lord. That is the only form of true happiness. Okay, so my desire today was simply this: to present something that I hope to make you ask yourself. Where am I? Honestly, you know. We all think about character a lot. If you want to know your character, if you truly want to judge what your character is, get alone. When no one else is home, Write down the first thing that comes to your mind. Not when your wife is watching. Not when your kids are there. Write down. First thing that comes to your mind. What you think about when you're alone is truly your character. What you desire to have truly describes your life how you act in public, especially if you're a churchgoer. We should be conscious of how we act in public. But once again, people that know you are watching. I didn't see one person that day I almost lost my temperament. It was just here during the last few days. I didn't see one person at that time I knew. But I guarantee you, if I would have yelled and said to that man what I wanted to say, somebody I that knows me would have been there. In fact, the greatest, and this is what I've had people tell me, the greatest witness my life has ever been, according to what other people have told me, when I was going through the darkest time of my life. Where I went home every night 33 days wanting to commit suicide. Went home every night and cried myself to sleep. But yet guess what? I was in church every Sunday morning, people. I was at Project New start every Monday night, when the Bible's Spend the night and then the curve. How was I able to do that? Because something in, inside me was stronger than this part place. But once again, I made this statement earlier, I'm going to close it and turn it over to Brother Liam. Brother, Larry, ain't no offense to you, I just feel I need to turn it back to Brother Liam, But how you react in times of reversal times kind of sorrow, it does two things, it not only if you will be on, it will confirm to you how close you are to your source, and what your source of strength really is. But more importantly, it will show how close you truly are, and how much more you have in you for others. So, man. <clears throat>